0: This, 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 this this is mythical.
1: We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. From Dutch ovens, to ceramic dishes, to non-stick sheet pans, they've got you covered. Heck yeah, they
0: do. Their products come in a variety of amazing colors, from classic black and white to pinks, greens, yellows, and blues, and the best part, Nicole... Everything's non-toxic.
1: Josh, I've been in the market for a kettle for months. Yeah, I've I've, heard you
0: talk about it a weird amount. Yeah,
1: I've bought like a bunch, (laughs) returned a bunch, but I just got my hands on the Great Jones Fellow Kettle Collab, and I got it in the color broccoli, and I'm so excited to make artisanal teas and coffees. I'm trying to get on my coffee game right now, and I'm so Mm. excited to use a gooseneck kettle. We have no idea.
0: I'm excited to use their yellow hot dish, a.k.a. casserole dish. Shout out to Minnesota and Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, But I'm, I'm at that point in my life, where I'm like, I'm an adult, I should have nice vessels to serve food out of, instead of just serving it on like stainless steel restaurant style things. And I like it, it's cute, it's got a good design, bakes really well, holds heat. I'm in baby. And once you try Great Jones, you'll wanna share it with friends. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays, it's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life.
1: So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old, rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code SANDWICH. That's greatjones.com promo code SANDWICH.
0: Forget the Oscars. Today we're declaring the Oscar Mayer winner for Best Food Movie. This is A Hot Dog is a Sandwich.
1: Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah, I
0: put ice in my cereal, so what? That
1: makes no sense. A hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> what?
0: Welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, the show where we break down the world's biggest food debates. I'm your host, Josh Scherer.
1: And I'm your host, Nicole Hendizade.
0: And today we're joined by the Babish Culinary Universe's own Andrew Ray. Andrew's one-part chef, one-part filmmaker, a generous dash of irreverent YouTube personality, a heaping handful of bourbon enthusiasts, a cyclist and karaoke singer to taste, and no, I didn't just read that from his Twitter bio. I did, Andrew, I read that from your Twitter bio. (laughs) His show, Binging with Babish, recently celebrated its five-year anniversary of exploring the question, what does the food from film and television actually taste like? This makes him the perfect teammate for today's topic. He's also my friend, and I owe the internet a tattoo of his face somewhere on my body, but more on that later. Andrew, Welcome.
2: Thanks so much for having me, man. And major kudos for being able to do that in one take. I I can't read through a single (laughs) sentence to save my life uh, in one take. So really just big, big kudos.
0: I really appreciate that. I found out that I, if I lean into the attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and try and just like uh, use that as a sort of um, superpower that hinders my life in a lot of other ways, I can get through a lot of script in one take.
2: Oh, see, I've been trying to medicate away my problems, and you're leaning no, into um, them. lean that's, in. That's the that's the key. Got to lean into them. That's what the Kanye West way. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let them consume you and ultimately <laughs> drive you into the ground. But for
2: now, hey, hey let's
0: record a podcast. Yeah.
2: Alrighty. We're getting into real issues. Let's talk food and movies.
0: Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So, I mean, we figured, right. You've, you've made your, your entire career on YouTube after, you know, uh, bringing the food from movies and TV to life. So we were hoping that you would go on record as saying what the greatest food movie of all time is. (sighs) Are you willing to do
2: that? Yes, I'm willing to do that. And just, you know, fair warning. I, and, and this is not me name dropping, even though it totally is, uh, but you know I'm a dear uh, John Favre is a dear friend of mine uh, <laughs> I can't <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I I, know I where met Hold well, on. Uh, no, I met uh I met Roy Choi once and he gave me a bro hug, so that's something. Oh, he's the best. Um I
1: met I got nothing.
0: Ron Artest in a bathroom. <laughs> but, he was pretty good for the Lakers and Bulls, you know.
2: I mean, uh, you know, we all have our Chris Brown
1: winked bro- at me one time. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's
2: cool. We, all, we Sorry, go ahead. We all have our biases. Uh so, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I but just contractually and personally and spiritually I have to say uh Chef um, because, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like, I, I, if I'm actually going to answer that question, I think I have to give the crown to big night. Ah, they all love food, uh, and not just mm-hmm. showing yes. food, not just, uh, mm. uh, you know, uh, pornographically, uh, showing you pretty shots of food. They love mm. food as a communal object as a, a a thing that brings people together as a thing that 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 soothes relationships chef and uh big night in particular are about the um unifying power of food mm-hmm. and uh that's why they're, they're at the top of my list uh tampopo is definitely deserves its place on that list i think more because it's inventive more than anything else um but it's it, it's a it's a great movie and i do recommend uh, giving her to watch when, when there aren't so many interesting documentaries on HBO to watch, which is never because they have so many great documentaries. There's so many. Uh, there's so, so much, much good stuff. food. But uh, no,
0: I mean the thing you're talking about, Chef. Uh, I worry that we may all have the same answer, which might be Chef. Well, Nicole, what's no, your answer? No, my
1: answer is not Chef. What is it? My answer is the wonderful movie Waiting. Dot, dot, okay. <laughs> I've I've learned A different
0: that sort of food movies.
1: I've learned that my food movies are like socio-political economic. <laughs> like, food movies, yeah. like, I loved Super Size Me. That's, mm-hmm, like, probably mm-hmm. one of my other ones. And I also really like The Platform. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of The Platform. But it's pretty much a, a like, allegory about, like, trickle-down economics, how, like... These people at the top of the platform have like a huge Venetian style feast and then it trickles down two hundred levels.
2: Ah, it's a really yeah,
1: I guess like my food movies are all like weirdly political. That's just because cool. I enjoy it. That's a way cooler. I think
2: answer. it's really cool. Sorry, <laughs> but like that's oh. a way cooler. Well <laughs> no,
0: no, I mean, one, Andrew, you're not nearly as cool as Nicole, so yeah. that sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I mean the I movies that Andrew's that. talking about of like Chef like showing a ton of reverence for food where like the food is almost the main character in a sense, right? It's Mm -hmm. about all these characters, uh, you know, John Favreau, his son, uh, fantastic John Leguizamo in there. Sure. Um, But, you know, the food is playing such a central role. Yeah. Whereas in the movies you're talking about, food is a lens through which to view the world.
2: Yes, Which I exactly. really
0: love because, I mean, like like I said, I, I wrote this, let's talk about ISIS more. I wrote this <laughs> article. I mean, the reason I got into to food writing, you know, especially I started writing about food as it related to politics and social justice. So yes. I wrote a lot about agriculture uh, and stuff like that and public policy. Um, the reason I got into that is because food has always been the most important thing in my life. Mm-hmm. So every single thing I, I see in the world, I kind of see it through the lens of food. So like, for instance, right, when... The Super Bowl comes around, or the big game comes around every year. I don't know what we can say. Uh, and everyone eats chicken wings. Where does the rest of the chicken go? You know, and then I really start digging into that. This is just a curious 14 year old me stuffing his face with chicken wings. Mm -hmm. And I start Googling it and then find out that, you know, all the thighs and legs are shipped to Russia and China. And then all of the feathers are shipped to Malaysia for processing. And then a lot of the chicken that we ship to China and Russia actually gets processed and then shipped back to the U.S. So like any single story out there become this is a weird tangent. Bear with me. Any story out there becomes a food story to me. Mm -hmm. So things like, you know, uh, I mean, Super Size Me or even like Fast Food Inc. I mean, there's so many great food documentaries like that that can teach you so much about the world through the lens of food.
1: No, I totally agree. Have you ever heard of a movie called Ramen Girl? (laughs) Have you guys ever heard of a movie called Ramen Girl? I've not, no. Okay. Okay, hear me out. Brittany Murphy, she gets left in Japan. Her boyfriend leaves her, and then she goes into a ramen shop. And it's raining, and she's sad. And then she says, "Oh my god, ramen! I'm going to become a ramen chef." And then she becomes a ramen chef. That's a good food-centric movie, don't you agree?
2: I, I like it. You know, uh, uh, another a show on Netflix that I would highly recommend if you haven't watched yet is Samurai Gourmet. You ever see that?
1: No. Mm. What's it about?
2: It's amazing. If you're especially if you're ever hungover, if you just need something like really easy for your brain always. There's there's no conflict in the show. There's no there's no rising tensions or or uh, uh, apex of drama or anything like that. In any episode, it is a simple, well told little linear story that loves food. It's about an old, uh, not old, but retirement age uh, Japanese guy in Tokyo, I think. I don't know where Mm -hmm. he is, but he uh, retires and he doesn't know what to do with his time, with his life because he's worked his entire life and he decides to just channel this samurai that he imagines, uh, in his mind that just eats and drinks with wild abandon and, and, uh, enjoys food and, di- and dining to its fullest. And, um, uh, and he goes to some of the best restaurants in his area. And this just, now this is an extremely pornographic show. Like the food is up close and gorgeously photographed, gorgeous. And, um, it's just his interior monologue mostly, uh, as he's eating and, uh, that's it. It's 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 it's, it's easy. I love
1: that. That sounds right up my ass. It's
2: su- it's sweet. And and it's it's just this very, very lovable, adorable old guy. Um, not again, not that old retirement age, probably 65, uh, uh, who is just enjoying the hell out of food like. Really losing himself to the experience of dining and to being fed and to trying people's craft. It's really lovely. Uh, and and it, it kind of reminds me of Chef's show, which you know is John Favreau's show, mm. which is a very easy thing to watch because there's no conflict. there's no mm. it's just a look at food through the lens of different different people in the industry that's that's one of the
0: most beautiful things is being able to experience someone else's unbridled joy of food Absolutely. through a screen. And it's something that like we, not to get like into a meta narrative about food media, but so many people who want to be overly analytical about things or act like they are too cool or too good for certain foods. Uh, to me, it, it like takes away so much from this element of joy, which is what made Chef so beautiful is that they treat a shot of a grilled cheese. The grilled cheese scene in Chef to me is one of the most iconic scenes. So for anyone who doesn't know, Chef is a movie, uh, I believe, written and directed by John Favreau. correct. Uh, written, directed, and and starred in uh, by by Jon Favreau. It's like the Sling Blade to Billy Bob Thornton oh, yeah. to
2: oh, got to incorporate
1: Sling Blade somehow, oh, don't you, Jon? in somehow.
2: Oh, we got a Sling Blade fan uh, here. I, uh, that's a oh, good food movie.
1: Huge fan. That's a good food French crackers. fried potatoes, French fried
2: potatoes.
1: <laughs> you got to make the French fried potatoes from Sling Blade now. From the, from the
2: Tasty Cream. I, I know that movie well. <laughs> Oh, that!
1: <laughs> yeah, fantastic. you really do. <laughs>
2: the best part
0: is the uh, the main the lead from Tokyo Drift is the child. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. And, he is.
2: and uh, what's his name plays the villain? What the hell is his name? Uh, oh, yeah, I don't. Mm, I'm not going to reach it. Uh, 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 he, he's an incredible country singer. That guy. He's so oh, really? creepy. And terrible in that movie. He's like a drunk, <laughs> you know, abuser, terrible, awful person. And then he's like, in real life, he's just he's an amazing country singer with like a huge following. It's incredible. like what the hell's his name? Hang on. Wait, is Nicole Googling it?
1: Yeah, I can. Okay, yeah, thank, <laughs> thank you. Okay. Google uh, Sling Blade.
2: Well, some folks call it a Kaiser Blade. Okay, some folks
1: Cast.
0: it Some folks call it a Kaiser blade.
1: <laughs> okay, it looks like Dwight Yoakum. Dwight Yokum, oh, Dwight
2: Yokum. Dwight Yoakum is, oh is a renowned country singer.
1: I can tell. That's incredible. So
0: so Chef, we can't get sidetracked. This is my fault. This is my (laughs) fault. So Chef, uh, written, starred, and directed by John Favreau. It is all about a chef who won a ton of awards while he was cooking in Miami, and then he moves to Los Angeles to open up uh, a restaurant that he finally gets a ton of investment in. And this is from a restaurant owner uh, played by Dustin Hoffman, which I love watching the dynamic between the chef and the restaurant owner. Uh, And then he learns that he doesn't want to be boxed in creatively and then he has a huge sort of meltdown he goes off on a food critic and then he launches on a journey of self discovery where he starts a food truck uh, and his son goes along with him as well as his sous chef from his old restaurant and then he starts cooking uh, Cuban food he starts making Cuban sandwiches in the that mojo de ajo brined pork uh, and the medianoches and the fried yuca and then he drives across the country with his son finding himself and his relationship uh, with his family along the way as well as you know his purpose and it's this great you know allegory of how food is something that it shouldn't be um exalted to to a certain level to the point where it destroys your happiness Mm -hmm. with it that was like a huge message that i got from it and the cinematography like follows that message so much where so many simple dishes that he cooks are just shot with such like precision and just food pornographic elements. I mean, that's spaghetti aglio e olio, yeah. which Andrew, I think that was, I mean, that was one of the first like really huge videos on your channel, right? Yeah. It
2: was actually one of the first episodes full stop. It was the third episode ever. Um, and uh, it, it, it definitely stick. caught fire later on. But another great message in that movie that I personally, resonates with me personally is uh, in order to find that that creative fulfillment sometimes you have to burn everything down not l- literally but figuratively absolutely uh, and you need you need to start f- fresh and really examine where you're deriving your happiness from and what gets you out of mm-hmm. bed in the morning and attack that and sometimes it's hard and sometimes you you have to you have to grind like my man goes from you know uh, being the the head chef at a renowned LA restaurant to a, 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 a cleaning the gunk out of an ancient food truck mm-hmm. that he got for free from Robert Downey Jr. And, uh, yeah. uh, great role. You know, that, that, that's, that's the, uh, the fire you have to walk through sometimes to find that creative fulfillment and as somebody who's had to do that personally, like that, that really, uh, uh, resonates with me and it's not necessarily a lesson for everyone, but it's definitely an important lesson for people who might be so, um, sort of, stuck in their ways that they need a fire under their ass. They need a wake up call.
0: Yeah. So when you, when you watch chef, did you like see your own journey reflected in that? Or did you watch chef? And then that sort of reified in your mind that this is my ultimate journey and how it's going to go. Or had you already burned everything down? So to speak. No,
2: I, uh, um, I, at the time when I saw chef, I had not burned anything down yet. Um, and, uh, the, the, mes- the message didn't really resonate with me till after that's like the clarity you get from therapy is like, you don't really connect <laughs> those dots until after you've mm-hmm. had a mental health expert help you do it. Um, yeah. so, uh, uh, you know, that, that's, that's, that was my journey, but, um, uh, Carl Casper is a, is a, is a life that I think we can all, you know, glean, especially mm. if you're creative, uh, you can glean some information and some inspiration from.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. I think I mean, my answer for this officially is chef. To me, chef meant meant so, so, so much. Um, However, uh, for the purpose of this, and this is a great segue, the the one food movie that really helped me sort of understand my life's journey. um, Nicole knows what I'm about to say because it's embarrassing. Is uh, Eddie's Million Dollar (laughs) Cook-Off starring Taylor Ball. And I believe his name is Orlando Brown. This is a Disney movie circa 2004. Uh, and it is about Bobby Flay. This is like the rise of Food Network. Bobby Flay had just like stood on the counter at the Iron Chef Japan Stadium and been electrocuted. I don't know if anyone knows that story. What? No. <laughs> no, Bobby I mean, Flay was the first American chef to travel to Iron Chef Japan and compete. I can't remember if he competed against Chen Mor- Morimoto or Sakai. Okay. But anyways, uh, after he uh, competed, one, there was like a live wire running through a puddle of water and he stepped in it and Wait, Bobby Flay why? gets electrocuted. But Bobby Flay finishes the cook and then he like stands up on the counter victoriously, which apparently in Japanese culinary tradition is incredibly disrespectful. It's kind of disrespectful anywhere you go. Yeah, just don't but, stand on tables. But I would appreciate that American bravado, right? That's like yeah, Donald
2: Lowe or- they're, they're Electrocute <laughs> him. Let him stand on a the table. They, 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 my that guy.
0: That's what I'm saying. Anyways, Bobby Flay is like the starring cameo in this Disney movie. Um, but it is about a, uh, a kid who is like a baseball phenom. And again, this is Disney channel original, like not to theaters straight to the, to the channel on basic cable. So it is very low production budget. Um, but it's about a baseball phenom in high school. Who has a ton of pressure from his parents to succeed in sports, and of course, tons of societal pressure because of his gender and his, you know, presentation and all that. All he wants to do is cook, but he has to hide it from his friends. And so, you all see where this it's is going.
1: Embarrassing. And so he
0: he joins Homec, and you know, of course, it's everything's disnified. So all his friends are like, Homec, that's for girls. You're learning to bake cookies. That's for girls. And then, of course, this is like a mixed gender sports team because that's how it exists in Disney movies. Yeah. Though it is very rare in the real world. Uh, and then you know the girl who's a star pitcher on the team is like girls can do anything a boy can. But anyways I'm watching this as a 12 year old so who had you know really just started to, to love to cook uh, but you know I was playing multiple sports at the time and grew up in a household with just you know a single dad and my brother and we're only internalizing messages yeah. we get from the media. Uh, and so watching that was like oh my god I don't have to choose. I'm a large child and I can cook and do sports and love myself uh and yeah then bobby flay says like i'm proud of you to him but i thought he was saying it to me and so uh in my mind i mean do they treat food with any respect in that movie no absolutely not his like dish that he really finds his love for cooking in is just this cartoonish purple sludge uh that he gets in a food fight at school and this purple sludge drips off the (gasps) ceiling and he tastes it and he's like my god that's the best thing i've ever had a lot of people have asked me to
2: make that just for the record. Really? Yeah. Oh,
1: then you I, gotta make it.
2: Man, if you we ever- We two
1: episodes. You got two episodes. We got the Sling Blade mashed potatoes. <laughs> I mean, French fried potatoes and the purple sludge from Eddie's Million Dollar Coat. Dude, next <laughs> <we got laughs> collab,
2: you
0: and me, let's make the purple sludge. Honestly, I would I would love to, I can make any purple sludge uh, you He makes want.
1: it every morning anyways. I actually do. Know.
0: My my breakfast every morning, it's a mixture of protein powder, Greek yogurt, and blueberries that I mashed together by hand and it looks like that. Okay,
2: that, that's, I was about to say that's literally what I have for breakfast every morning because i I'm trying to look oh more my like gosh. you. Oh my god! <laughs> he pointed to Nicole, by the way. Uh, but I, I don't mash it together with my hands like a psycho. I use a blender.
0: <laughs> no, no, that's the problem, no, man. That's the problem. It. Yeah, because here's the thing: subcutaneous, <laughs> oh, <Jesus>. subcutaneous <laughs> nutrient absorption. It's bro science. Go to a bodybuilding.com <laughs> chat
2: room and you'll learn so much. I already learned so much from bodybuilding.com chat rooms. No, <laughs> usually nothing about bodybuilding. I'm going there to see like what prescriptions interact and you know, what's yes. <laughs> I, I like also the weirdest lo- miscellaneous info there. A lot of upsetting
0: political opinions. in oh, com yeah. Chat rooms. Yeah. To tell you that much.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Not clear. a great
0: hub for moderation. Yeah. There, There is another food movie, though, that I have watched more than any other food movie, especially in the last five years. Can I guess what it is? Please.
1: Is it Burnt? Yes. You trash person.
0: Yes, it is Bradley Cooper's Burnt.
2: Uh, Andrew, no. you've seen the movie? Yeah, I've seen it. And I don't think that that movie loves food as much. No, no. it
0: doesn't. It doesn't. It is uh, maybe the worst food movie ever made.
2: Oh, well, OK. Well, that that explains why you watch it so much. What? what? I,
1: I... You hate watch it.
0: Well, you I don't, but it. I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's exactly a hate watch because, okay, has anyone seen Troll 2?
1: No. <laughs>
2: yes, of course.
0: Of course <laughs> he's seen Troll 2. You haven't seen Troll 2?
1: I have no reason to watch
0: Troll 1 you- or Troll 2. I don't, th- Oh my I don't- God.
2: God. Oh wait, no, that's ones. No, no, that's Troll
0: 2. That's uh, they're eating him. Are and you are the gonna movie eat with me. the leprechaun? No, okay, so Troll 2, it's about goblins. They live in the town of Nilbog. It's referenced in a Tyler, the Creator music video.
1: Okay. Goblin.
0: Uh, But anyways, that is actually a weird allegory for vegetarianism. I guess, yeah, you're right.
1: (laughs) What portal did I just step into?
0: Because the trolls are like, uh, they're like, or sorry, the goblins are like, you humans eating stinking, rotten, meat flesh, and then the goblins turn the humans into plant-based
2: food. Oh, well, that's see, that's uh, there's a positive message to that. Well,
1: no, you ruined it for- me. <laughs> Sorry. Nicole. Well, now I can't watch it. Speaking
2: of sequels of uh campy 80s horror movies that suck, have you seen um uh Silent Night Deadly Night 2? No, I have no. not. Oh, just let, you know, go to YouTube and search for Garbage Day from silent night. De- oh yes,
0: yes, yes. Garbage uh, Bruce day.
2: <laughs> it's one of my favorite like bad movie <laughs> moments ever. Uh, so,
0: I mean, I, I've watched troll Two probably five or six times. Nicole's watching YouTube clips while, while I'm doing the podcast, garbage now. day, <laughs> watch so,
2: garbage day. It'll make your day. Seriously.
0: It's my, maybe my favorite movie of all time. And this is, God damn it. It's Why? the point break remake. 2015 what? point <laughs> point break remake Help. and I'll tell you why it it is so stimulating to me it it gets my it gives me an emotional reaction at so many ter- t- turns because it's such a bad movie it's about these like Buddhist eco terrorists they took the original movie with Keanu Reeves uh, and Patrick Swayze and a, a, a great Gary Busey uh, that you know was at least somewhat subdued, right? It was surfers robbing a bank to fund their surfing. And then the remake of it, they're these like Buddhist eco-terrorists who are trying to conquer the world's most extreme sports challenges so they can reach nirvana. And it's, it's utterly insane. They crank everything up to 11, but that's how I feel about the movie Burnt. Where everything is so dramatic at every turn. And that movie hates food. It does. And also if you look at the executive producers on that, Gordon Ramsay and Mario Batali, both of whom I believe hate food.
1: (laughs) No way.
0: As opposed to someone, yeah, I mean I
1: had no idea that they they were
0: they were the executive, like, you know, consulting producers, which is a great, you know, story. If you watch Chef, you can name we just rattled off the names of about eight dishes that they made. I can't name one thing that Bradley Cooper
2: cooks and burnt.
1: Yeah, I don't remember anything.
2: Yeah, no, I, I remember there, is uh, there a lobster pasta or something? Some, some, somebody, people ask for food from that. And I think the only scene that I ever, that I re- liked was the one where he like blows up on the manager for mistreating somebody, but he's mistreating everybody. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah,
0: It makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> Down to everything. So, so Bradley Cooper, uh, he plays like the ultimate sort of Marco Pierre White would be totally. like- the, That's what I was going to say. The archetype, he's the one who like raised Gordon Ramsay and he's the yes. reason Gordon Ramsay is the person that he is. Uh so he plays this like bad boy chef who is going for his third Michelin star, which is not even how the Michelin star system works. So they're all they're like already proving that they have no idea about the actual food world or they're not trying to um give their viewers any respect in thinking that they might understand how it works. So he's going for his third Michelin star, but then he has a huge breakdown because he's addicted to drugs and he like owes the mafia money. And so to punish himself, he goes to new Orleans to shuck 1 million oysters. That's his punishment. And (laughs) the opening shot of the movie is him shucking an oyster, writing down 1 million, throwing his apron on the ground and going, I'm out boys and hopping on a freaking motorcycle. It is so bad
2: that it is good. It's like the end of Dexter in reverse and worse.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's but I mean that to me, it's such a a stark contrast between what makes a good food movie, a great food movie chef and a absolute terrible food movie. And this is reflected in, in streams and box office as well in uh, a bad movie like Burnt, where Burnt, you can't name a single dish because they never tell you what he's making. What they do is Uma Thurman plays a food critic mm-hmm. uh, and she eats a bite of food and just goes, Mmm And that's the only indication you get that he is a good chef. She goes, Mmm And then they do B roll of people eating and they're going, Mmm <laughs> And it's, <laughs> in, you know, inferior. how you do at a restaurant. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. just, yum, just yum.
2: softly moaning whale sounds throughout <laughs> i recently went to danielle and it was just a moan fest
1: <laughs> you know what we haven't talked about guys yet hmm. the animated classic ratatouille oh. which i just watched maybe like a month ago for the first what? time and i was so impressed lucky i loved it it mm-hmm. was beautiful that
2: is another movie that loves food i mean obviously just because yes. it's about, truly loves food. yeah it's, it's about you know somebody's willingness somebody as in a rat uh, their willingness to overcome any obstacle namely being a rat uh, to be a great chef <laughs> um, and uh, and so, and performs the miracle of seeing a kitchen full of rats cooking and making it not gross somehow i don't, like pixar really yeah are miracle workers in because they like I know people with like genuine phobias of 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 rodents like that and they watched it like mm, oh I wonder what they're making
0: <laughs> I wonder if that has like changed the discourse around restaurant cleanliness and now people see rats uh, in a kitchen because if I see a rat in a professional kitchen I'm just gonna assume that's a rat that too rat <laughs> I'm be like no that's the head chef uh, he no. he just he's he, out he from washed hat. His he's out I, I saw I, them I, wash their little I, hands I,
1: no I can differentiate you know <laughs> pixar animation to a real life rat
0: a house can float away on a balloon.
1: Oh, okay. Well, you
0: put enough balloons on a house, it can float toys away.
1: Toys talk when you're not around. I saw that in yeah,
0: the t- yeah. Are you talking about small soldiers?
1: Uh, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> t- Josh E. Ye- Please tell
0: me someone's seen small I've soldiers. I've seen small soldiers. Ye- <laughs> what, what did you think she was referencing? She said toys talk when you're not around. That's a small soldiers reference. That's a
2: toy story. Never heard of it. And uh, the small, <laughs> small the <food> soldiers <laughs> talk when the people are around. T- they talk in their faces. That's right. That was a big part of the movie yeah, was yeah, them yeah.
0: interacting with the people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then the the small soldiers tried to kill.
2: Anyway, I was such a young soldiers? kid when I saw that, and I couldn't believe how violent it was. That remember when he shoots like the yes. corn holders in that dude's leg? I was like, Oh, no, oh I my should, I'm not old enough to be watching this. That's gonna get sepsis. That's gonna get infected. <laughs> yeah. that person's dead. Oh no. What were we talking about?
1: we were talking about Ratatouille, but I have another oh. classic. Wait, hold on.
0: Film. Can I just talk about Ratatouille? Sure, I, if you want. I blew want the opportunity because I started talking about small soldiers. Yeah, you
1: really. <laughs> It's okay, we can backtrack.
0: Continue. <laughs> uh, the, the big part of Ratatouille that really hit me was uh, Anton Ego, the the critic. Yes. Who... So recently we we did this video on YouTube. We started doing these new things where we just put the camera on me and they go, hey, Josh, talk for about 15 minutes and, and, you, then and I you, talk.
2: And you start big beefs with Gordon Ramsay. I've seen it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Not only goal.
1: Gordon Ramsay, there's more. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> um, but uh, what was I doing? I was talking about this uh, interaction I had with Guy Fieri when, when I, I crashed his, his child's birthday party back in the day and um, just being very impressed with, you know, how generous this man was with his time and all that. Uh, and this is coming off of Pete Wells' absolutely eviscerating, American Kitchen and Bar in Times Square in that thing and I was like you know uh, a food writer I was writing restaurant criticisms I would be unnecessarily cruel I once referred to a restaurant sauce as being like a Jamba Juice razzmatazz smoothie that had been left in a 7-Eleven parking lot for three days uh, which brutal (laughs) burn got him uh, but no, I thought that's like what made you clever was being able to tear something down from your stupid ivory tower while you were making $30,000 a year working in a gross cubicle that sold 65 cent expired Diet Cokes uh, in the vending machine. Yeah, you told That was that a fun story. office to work in. Uh, but anyways, uh, point is, big thing with Anton Ego when he says, you know, it is. All is more beautiful to create than to criticize. The job of a critic is to sit there, blah, blah, blah. And in this Guy Fieri video, I just plagiarized Anton Ego and did not notice it. Um, wow. And then a couple of people called me out. So good for them. But that was a huge takeaway for me for Razzatoui. That that meant a lot.
1: It's intrinsic. It became yeah. an intrinsic like, model for you. Internalized it. Internalized it. And as
2: for Guy Fieri, I mean, like that, that takedown was brutal in the New York Times and my thought there is like find me a good restaurant in Times Square. Like, it's not, yeah. it's not like <laughs> yes. you know what is this garbage yeah. he's putting out in the in the dining mecca that is Times Square, like right next to an <laughs> Olive Garden and a. Ugh. So <laughs> I, I got I got no beef with Vietti Like, I, I, somebody asked me about him recently um, when I was doing a live stream for colleges, and they were like, "What's your opinion on Guy Vieti?" Expecting me to like tear him apart, and I'm like, I would never get in the way of that man earning. That guy makes. Of money <laughs> and he's figured Honestly. out how to build an empire. I'm not going to get way the in the way of him and his bag. That sounded wrong.
0: No, get that no, totally. Get in the way of him and his him sack. And sack. So, yeah. uh, but I mean, God, my my big thing with that is, I mean, I I grew up. The fanciest restaurant I'd ever been to until I was like 18 was the Olive Garden, Mm. you know? And I think Mm -hmm. that's the experience for like a deceptive amount of people in America, right? Yeah, sure. And I mean, I grew up in in Orange County, too, which is like, you know, a somewhat moneyed area, but it, it has so much money that it does like culture in a way. Mm-hmm. And so I just so many like restaurants serve different purposes for different people. It's so, like a Guy Fieri restaurant. It's not meant to stand up with Danielle, with Le Bernardin, with, you know, restaurants like that. It's meant to serve, you know, uh, ahi, tuna, tacos, and spinach artichoke dip yeah. with some jazzed up Guy Fieri seasoning yeah. for $17. To, to, people, for to people, to, to, go to there.
2: non-native New Yorkers, to people who aren't used to exactly. to, to people who are visiting and they want something like, you know, Americana, like where's the harm in that? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway,
0: that's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a pure value exchange. Uh, and I think it's great. Yeah. When uh, I was was
1: in Mexico I got a coupon to go into Guy Fieri restaurant yeah I, I unfortunately did not have time to go
0: oh man yo when I was <laughs> pretty uh, inebriated on this carnival cruise because uh-huh. uh, they sell the all you can drink tickets on the carnival cruise line okay you, but it turns out they cap you at 15 drinks oh. and I will Holy say Jesus. you think Police? you can't you think you can't get
2: there in a day or the whole trip <laughs>
0: In a day, in a day. <laughs> when Here's the thing. There's a difference between a Long Island iced tea, that's one drink, and a Mike's Hard Lemonade at 3.2% is still one drink. Mm-hmm. Turns out you drink 12 Mike's Hard Lemonades throughout the day. It's not that hard. Um, but anyways, you get the sugar shocks a little bit. You get the shakes and the fingertips. tips. <laughs> fingy- but they had a Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri has a restaurant, a burger restaurant on every Carnival Cruise Line. Oh, wow. And it's very similar to... A normal burger restaurant with Guy Fieri's face plastered on it. Yeah. up, uh, but it was really fine. I mean, it was you know perfectly okay and acceptable. And again, uh, the man's out there making money, leaving generational wealth for his family. I mean, you like,
2: you were 15 mics deep, so I don't yeah. know, man. How bad could it have possibly been? Uh, no, I guess you're right. What
0: are what are other food? Yeah. What are other food movies? I movies got a
1: good have? food movie for you guys. <laughs> you ever heard of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Oh, hell yeah! It's yes.
0: a good horror movie. <laughs>
1: That is a that is a great horror movie. That is a great horror what am movie. What I, the boat scene? Well, in the mm-hmm. first one, I didn't really care for the Johnny Depp remake personally.
0: Same. I thought the Johnny Depp remake was fine, but it it, it, I mean, it couldn't compare to Gene Wilder. Nothing but also compares to Gene Wilder. As far as like a movie that. Made me see the like wonderment and the magical element of food, which is something that we do here at Mythical Kitchen, which is the YouTube channel that we run. Stop <laughs> by, we got new videos. Um, but no, I mean, seeing so many things like the chewing gum that is flavored like an entire meal, right? So you have the blueberry pie, the yeah. roast beef, and the soup flavored chewing gum. Seeing that in like a movie, now we're making stuff like that for
1: our jobs. Totally. Uh, my first move, my first like food like scene that did that for me was Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom whenever they're eating like the snake and the mm-hmm. and the beetle and the monkey brain I was like holy crap how are they doing this cuz there's no way that's real monkey brain mm-hmm. is it real monkey brain like it was crazy to me so I had that same experience but with Indiana Jones
0: Yeah there's there's kind of this element of watching food movies to see the actual food styling like yes, now now I watch these and I'm like oh how did in, in Hook, how did they make, you know, the imaginary pie? Like, I wonder what food dyes, what materials they were using.
1: Yeah, like in Hannibal.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every time
1: I watch the show Hannibal, the, I'm just like, There's how? an amazing
2: blog from the food stylist of Hannibal, like, who yes. actually wow. talks about the breakdown of how they've made everything. And a lot of it is really rooted in great culinary technique. Like, obviously, they have to do a lot of weird stuff to make it work on television. They have to paint it with lacquer or sure. whatever. But, like um you know the, the the food stylist really cares about food uh, on that show so it's it's a great read when you look into it. um I, I also do want to touch on big night real quick which is my i think oh, my, course, my, please, please, my please. favorite, please favorite please. food movie um mostly for the last scene i i of you guys not seen that one or uh missed that one chief no, that's
0: our sorry. bad that's our bad that's
1: our sorry, bad sorry andrew might have spoil it for please you do. Right. please well
2: you know these these brothers uh in brooklyn in the 50s i think uh you know just undergo a major blow to their egos and to their uh, relationship and to their um, to their business. And they probably, they're probably they probably going to go out of business uh, because they wanted to host this gigantic feast for Louis Prima, uh, who never ended up showing up because they thought they would drum up press for the restaurant and they would save it, uh, but he never shows. So they end up just making, you know, this incredible feast, like it's one of the best food scenes in, in film history uh, for just their dinner guests. And it, it becomes about the connectedness of that meal and and the importance of that meal to its guests. One one person ends up sobbing at the end because their mother was such a terrible cook growing up. And uh, the last scene, the very last scene, these brothers have gotten into a drunken fist fight and they wake up in the morning hungover. One of them's sleeping in the kitchen and um, in a one single shot, one of them fries up eggs and serves it on a little loaf of bread and they eat together in utter silence. And it's just... Their little way of, he, of just starting to heal the massive wound from mm-hmm. the night before is with a little, you know, very simple, just eggs, salt on a baguette. And that mm-hmm. is their like way of just trying to start healing together. And that that to me is the most beautiful scene in the movie. I just want to talk about that. So you should, you should definitely go watch that movie. A, another great hangover movie. Very low key. <laughs> that's
0: that's so beautiful. I mean, that, that scene with the eggs, it's like the cycle continues no matter what happened. Yeah. There is all this food. That is always the thing sort of connecting us. I mean, that's a huge thing. Like, all of us, we've, we've chosen such a bizarre, I would be willing to call it a stupid career path in, in a very <laughs> beautiful way that we all love very dearly. Yeah. I mean, that connects us so much to no, the absolutely. movies that we see on screen, even if it is a terrible Disney movie with a $100,000 budget made in 2004. You know, we're all seeing something of ourselves, I and mean, it means a lot to us, reflected on screen and food. And I think that's beautiful. Alright, Nicole and Andrew. We've heard what you and I have to say. Now it's time to find out what other wacky ideas are rattling out there in the Twitterverse. It's time for a segment we call Opinions, opinions, are, opinions like are Like too. Yeah, Andrew said it. There he is. What? What
2: did he
1: say?
0: Well I'll say it's hard for him to join oh, because he's yeah. on Zoom.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh like me saying the thing. Yeah, yeah. You wanna try oh, yeah. it again
0: see if yeah. we can do it more synced up? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. okay let's do it. Let's do it. Let's <clears> do it. <throat>
1: All
0: right, Andrew, you were pitchy on the first one. Sorry. Sorry. <clears throat> It's time for a segment we call
2: Opinions. Opinions are are
0: why? Why? We've done this. This is like our 60th episode or something. We can't. All right. Um, all right. First up, we got Schionti. Do you think Parmesan cheese belongs on any seafood or fish pasta? Yes. Uh, I told Andrew we'd get the first crack. Oh,
1: sorry,
2: I know uh, it's okay. I had to think <laughs> we had to fill the airwaves somehow. Um, I personally don't go in for that. Um, c- c- seafood with most really? dairy, in fact, like cheese in general and seafood, not crazy about it. Like lobster, mac and cheese. I don't fully understand. I'll eat it, but I don't mm-hmm. really get the appeal of. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. Parmesan in particular, that's such a such a harsh cheese for such a gentle, gentle thing. <laughs> Um, sorry, I got weird there. Uh, I'm trying to nah,
0: think of, f me up, fam. I'm trying to think f of a, a that seafood cheese.
2: that that parmesan would work really well on.
0: Well, I mean, parmesan for me, it's it's like it's hardly a cheese.
1: Yeah, parmesan is a seasoning.
0: It is. No, honestly, parmesan's like it's like miso to me. Like it's. I agree. It's just salt and umami, and like it's so crystalline, and that you're not getting so much dairy funk. Like to me. Especially or something no. like a pecorino. It's just like acid, salt, umami.
1: Yeah, I agree that Parmesan isn't as combative of a cheese with seafood. I yeah, think for it... some reason
0: to me it's, it like works. Yeah, me but too. But also it's a very combative cheese because
1: hmm.
2: it's very strong.
1: But it's not all the time. <laughs> it's it's
2: kind of like I recently made lobster Thermidor and that is like lobster in a cream sauce topped with Gruyere. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I gotta say, kind of weird, but you know, just <laughs> the answer to most of these questions for me is going to be live your life.
0: Oh, you know what yeah, I mean honestly that's that's the key, but there are a lot of Mexican seafood dishes that use a fair amount of cheese in them. Mm-hmm. And so you're talking about a fish that works really well with cheese, um smoked marlin. Ooh.
2: That Ta- sounds tacos great, de marlin. Yeah.
0: They so they call it they call it jamon del mar, so the ham good. of the sea, because they they literally smoke it and cure it like ham. Uh, so it's kind it's of delicious. the combination of like a very fatty, fleshy tuna that has the the texture and flavor of ham. And then they do these like, you know, hard griddled tacos with like a kind of melty white cheese in it. So good. Uh, unreal.
2: That sounds really good. My, 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 uh, my dear friend, Rick Martinez, who has a new show coming out on my channel. Oh, exciting. Oh, cool. he, he's, he's down in Mexico. He's in Mezitlan, uh, which is a lovely coastal town in Mexico. And they are huge about smoked tuna there where it's like smoked to this cherry red consistency. And they make, I think tacos out of it as well. Oh, that's awesome.
0: No, I'm, I'm really stoked for that show. I've, I've loved Rick for, for so long, and I, and I love seeing you bring other talent into the fold in your channel, too. That's Me super too. exciting.
2: Thanks, guys. Very cool. That's a
0: segue for you to plug anything you want, by the
2: way. Uh, cookware. Cookware's out now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Buy Babish Knives.
1: Fart E-Man says, avocado, mango, and cucumber with sriracha is the best combination, but why? <laughs> I, Andrew, why? I can't answer why, why, sir. Tell them
2: why they have tell these beliefs. Tell them why. <laughs> oh, Uh, because, um, you're, uh, I don't know, because you, you, you have damaged taste, taste, but I don't know. Um, (laughs) So, okay. I'm sorry. Avocado, mango, cucumber.
1: And yes, with the best combination.
2: You know, you know what? I'm going to try that. That doesn't sound terrible to me. It doesn't sound great by any means. I think the, the, yeah. the cucumber is what throws me. I think avocado, mango. I'm like, okay, we're, we're in sushi. We're in, um, uh, um, mm-hmm. uh, what's called, uh, the raw seafood dish, um, ceviche? Ceviche? ceviche territory. But, uh, I don't know about that cucumber. We'll see.
1: You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of like tahini.
2: Yep. like mm-hmm. if
1: if this person because you know the in yeah, LA. if if you bought sriracha powder which exists mm. you could just put the sriracha powder on and have the same tahini experience with just more Asian flavors.
0: Andrew, are you familiar with tahini? I can't say that I am. <gasps> it's, a, it's sending a, you a bottle. It's honestly yeah we should. Um, so I mean it's it's huge in Southern California. If you go to there are fruit carts everywhere in Southern California and uh, cucumber is really popular. It'll be like cucumber, mango, coconut, Pineapple fresh everything, coconut, just everything. and you can get tahini. Tahine, which is like a chili lime salt uh, that delicious. you dump on fruit. And it's beautiful. But I mean, this reminds me of chamoy. Chamoy is another chamoy. thing that's like a yes. chili and pickled fruit puree. Ugh, I love chili. this violently red sauce that is delicious on fruit. But the thing that bumps me a sriracha is the amount of fermented like garlic and sugar.
1: Totally. And
0: so for me, the garlic might clash with all this. And I think what they're looking for is just tahine and chamoy on fruit. Which is already perfect.
2: I mean, that sounds delicious. And if there's one thing I've learned from just the past ten seconds of this conversation, and when we collabed with uh, Alvin Kylon, is that I know so mm. little about the cuisine of Southern California. Maybe because I've spent uh, time come there. Through. But I've I heard I learned about like seven new dishes that day. And now I've just learned about like three more. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: you got to come out, man. Yeah. I would love to take you around. On my way. I don't like New York. It makes me claustrophobic. Hey. <laughs> it's very the tall buildings are very scary.
1: I don't know. I've never been to New York. <laughs> Isn't that sad? Come on out! I'm on in Brooklyn. It's shorter out right here. <laughs> Yay! All right, what do we got?
0: At? Uh, at a Mayberry, soup in a bread bowl with the lid on is a sandwich.
2: <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> Disagree. Disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Disagree. I, maybe <laughs> at best maybe it's a, a stuffed dumpling? item of some sort, but like a sandwich. <laughs> can you eat it like a sandwich? Are, is there any sandwich whose contents are entirely liquid? Uh, I've hold
0: on. I've e- i French dip. If this is a can, you eat it like a sandwich. Yes. Uh, I have I have eaten a whole clam chowder bread bowl. We did a big like clam chowder bread bowl party at my apartment in college with ten dudes because this is how what? we partied. This is how we partied, <laughs> I and guess. we we made this giant thing, a very stodgy clam chowder, and we went out drinking, and you know someone was working on the soup all day, and then we put it in bread bowls, and I just picked it up and put the lid on, and I would take a bite and then go, Ew, man. and I'd take a bite and go. And so you can't eat it like a sandwich. That's different. If this That's is different. purely a matter of practicality. That's different. It sounds
2: like you, you, vomit. You could eat a coconut that way, but you're not going to call it coconut a coconut sandwich, are you? True. No, no. You're right. I'm just yeah, you I'm tell talking him. about feasibility. You tell him. <laughs> I'm talking about feasibility. Uh, I will, no, I will sooner say that a bread bowl with the lid on is a coconut than a sandwich. <laughs> 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 I'm willing to write that into yeah. the canon of our show right yep. now.
1: Okay. Conron28 says pineapple and cream cheese sandwiches aren't as weird as you think. Uh, you don't know how I think. That is weird. <laughs> I don't like that.
2: Again, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna judge a person for what they decide to put on a sandwich. But uh, I'm certainly. I'm under no obligation to try it myself. Mm-mm. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You grew up, you, Nicole. You're, I know what you're, you're gonna you're...
1: say. Can I tell you uh, what yeah, go you're ahead. gonna say? Are you gonna talk about the cottage cheese and uh, the cottage cheese Newton with yeah, the little pineapple the, on the yes. side? Yes. I knew you were gonna bring and you that love up. That, don't you? No, I didn't. My mom loved it.
0: <laughs> oh, I get you and your mom confused all the time. You're so similar. You look like your mother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're so weird.
2: You, you know what you know what I would get down with sooner than that? Is uh, is uh, marshmallow fluff and pineapple. Oh. Yeah,
1: I'm down with that too. Oh that makes a lot more sense than cream cheese well, or cottage I cheese. I grew
0: up with a lot of like jam and cream cheese on a bagel. That was my like after school snack that my Bubby would make me. Yeah, I
1: guess. On
0: the frozen Sara Lee bagel that had been in there for four years, you know? <laughs> Puts it in the toaster oven, still icy in the middle. Um no, bring back bring back weird pineapple foods.
1: Mm-mm. When when
0: uh, white people discovered the pineapple in 1954 with uh, the brutal annexation of Hawaii. Uh-huh. Um, that stays in the edit because uh, it's true. <laughs> uh, and then they started just being like, w- how can we ruin this delicious fruit? So the original idea before the filet fish to give Catholics a uh, you know reason uh, to eat at McDonald's on a Friday was the hula burger, which is just a slice of canned pineapple, a slice of American cheese in a bun. And that was it. Yeah. And so, like back in the '50s, when people literally didn't know what to do with this exotic fruit, there was so much just like horrifying experimentation. And I would love to bring that back. Same with bananas. I think we should be wrapping bananas in ham and putting hollandaise on top.
2: <laughs> that sounds <laughs> horrific. Oh god, we've killed it. I've seen I've seen that that uh, that advertisement too. D- yeah, d- d- you know something I'm just made for today's episode actually was uh, tapache which uh, is absolutely gorgeous use of pineapple.
0: Yeah. So tapache is the, uh, it's like a a fermented, uh, Mexican, I don't know what you'd call it. I mean, it's almost fermented like a, like a beer or wine. I think
2: technically speaking, it's a wine, but, uh, like it's pineapple wine It's barely alcoholic, like one to 2%. Uh, but you just basically chop up a whole pineapple skin included, uh, B- add water and brown sugar, and maybe some, you know, um, clove and and star anise and uh, a chili if you want, and let it ferment for like two days. And you got this like really lovely to drink, L- very lightly carbonated, barely alcoholic thing. It's really really refreshing.
0: Yeah, man, come come out to L. A. Br- smuggle some homemade tapache on board that aeroplane, uh, and we'll we'll take you all around and find some food to pair that well,
2: with. I'll bring three ounces of tapache with me on the plane, <laughs>
1: and no, then no, you can no. finally bring multiple three ounce bottles. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, tape them to your body.
1: <laughs> Put them in the crevices. Oh,
0: yeah,
2: okay. <laughs> Put them in the folds. <laughs> Ring up like a, 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 a complicated straw system between each yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, so yeah. yeah. like wires. That's yeah, yeah, that's for a great
1: once. idea. <laughs>
2: And on that note, thank you for listening to a hot dog is a sandwich, and thank
0: you so much for joining us, Andrew. Be sure to be sure to tune in to the Babish Taburr! <laughs> and thank you so much for joining us, Andrew. Be sure to tune in to the Babish Culinary Universe on YouTube. Also, I know you released a cookware line recently. Where can our listeners check that out? Hell
2: yes, brother. Bingingwithbabish.com/slash/cookware. It's available now.
0: That's Bingingwithbabish.com/slash/cookware, and that's uh, available now.
2: <laughs> that's what I. Yep.
0: Sorry, I do. <laughs> that's t- what he just. I said. do too
2: many ad reads
0: on the podcast, and that's how they. <laughs> That like, is that's literally pinging.
1: what he just said.
0: And if you want to hear more from us here in the Mythical Kitchen, we got new episodes for you every Wednesday. If, if you want to be folks. featured on
1: Opinions Are Like Casseroles, you can hit us up on Twitter at MythicalChef or at zada with the hashtag OpinionCasserole.
0: And for more Mythical Kitchen, check us out on YouTube where we launch new videos every week.
1: And of course, if you want to share pictures of your dishes, hit us up on Instagram at Mythical Kitchen.
0: That's Instagram at M-Y-T-H-I-C-A-L-K-I-T-C-H-E-N. You
1: are a Human troll, too. Troll, too. You are troll, too. Let's
0: <laughs> return to Nilbog. <laughs> <laughs>